0: This This is
1: The Second Second
0: Story Podcast.
1: Welcome back to The Second Story Podcast. I'm Max Spitz. It's surprisingly easy to judge parents. As a non-parent myself, I still find myself having and expressing strong opinions about good or bad parenting styles and strategies. Though I also know I only have experience as someone who has been parented. While it's certainly reasonable to have developed opinions as someone who was once a child, there's a surprising intensity to most people's parenting beliefs, whether we're parents ourselves or not. This week's teller, Lynette Lee, is a parent. In her story, she shares how she and her husband have come to live by what she calls autonomous parenting. Lynette also recalls how, despite or because of the unrequested criticism she occasionally receives, she's discovered a larger worldview via the way she runs her home. This story was commissioned by the ACLU as part of their We the People project, organized to examine individual democratic values, how we put them into practice, and how they affect our everyday lives. Recorded live at Weinberg Newton Gallery in Chicago in September, 2022, Second Story is proud to present The World I Want to Live In.
0: Um, mom, sorry to bother you, but have you and dad talked about me getting a smartphone yet? It's January, 2022 and Lena, nine years is standing at the other end of the kitchen table with her hands clasped. I am on my own smartphone, filling out the fifth COVID screener of the morning. This one for Lena's hip hop dance class this afternoon. Lena, I can't talk about that right now. I snip. Then mostly to myself, I say, oh, what do you mean the stupid form cannot be submitted as is? (laughs) Oh, mom, that seems very frustrating. I just, I can't stop thinking about it. When do you and dad think you're going to be able to talk? Petite Lena has a genuine smile and a sweet, slightly gravelly voice. She's thoughtfully, she's thoughtful and emotionally mature for her age. But this question about a cell phone, it is the 167th time she's asked me about it this week and I can barely look at her. I am so deeply irritated. I picture myself at nine, my first day of fourth grade at a new school. I had on the cheapest sneakers my mom could find, pink and white velcro with a blonde Barbie drawn and written on the outsides of each shoe. I just jumped from the platform to the third monkey bar, my favorite spot on the playground, when. Oh my God, I'm like in third grade and I would never wear those shoes. Only babies play with Barbies and need Velcro. <laughs> Ashley Z looked like she could have been the human version of the Barbies on my shoes, and she talked like she always had a piece of gum in her mouth. <laughs> I landed on the wood chips below, looked at her leather high top sneakers, laced all the way. I know how to tie shoes, I mumbled. The shoes I wore last year, but she was skipping away, chanting Barbie shoes, Barbie shoes. (laughs) I wanted different shoes, but I didn't ask for them. My mom uses this, my not asking for them as an example of what a good kid I was. Lynette was such a good kid that even when she was teased about her shoes at school, She didn't ask for a different ones, right? This is not a story about how we shouldn't ask for things we want. I don't believe that. But I'm curious about how not asking for things became synonymous with being good in my family. I remember that on the few occasions that I dared to ask for something, ballet lessons, to let my hair grow long, The first time, I'd be met by my mom's simple explanations. You already know how to dance. Or, the nutrients will go to your hair instead of your body. (laughs) If I asked a second time, I'd be met with a narrowing of my mom's eyes that meant, don't you dare ask me again. Once my parents were going out, leaving me and my younger siblings with a babysitter. I was around seven years old, and I cried and begged for them to take me with them. As my parents were walking out the door, I was still crying, so my dad turned back into the room. For a second, I thought, he's coming back for me. But then he bent down, his face red, and smacked the palm of his hand to the top of my thigh before slamming the door behind him. I can remember staring at the pink outline of his fingers on my skin as I fell asleep that night. So, as Lena is standing at the end of the table, wringing her hands and saying to me again, I just want to talk about the possibility of a cell phone. (laughs) There is a voice inside my head telling me, put your foot down, Lynette, you're in charge. She's morphing into an entitled monster before your very eyes. I would never have even asked for. I press my thumbs between my brows and take a deep breath. Honey, why don't you write a list of reasons you would like a phone? Write it all down on a piece of paper and dad and I will take a look at it later tonight. Her eyes get big, her back gets straighter, her lips press together tighter. Okay, mom, I'll do that. (laughs) Ha, you're too soft, some parents say to me when they hear about interactions like these. You're the parent, aren't you? And yes, I am the parent. But what does being the parent mean to me? 10 years ago, before having kids, neither my spouse John nor I really had a lot of sense about what kind of parents we'd be. At our pumpkin-themed baby shower, my friend David asked me over hot apple cider, So what's your parenting philosophy? I shrugged. What do you mean? He was a single guy, no kids, but he said, you know, tiger mom, homeschool. You're gonna be strict. Are they gonna speak a different language? I really didn't know. I I had a loose sense of how I envisioned my life as a parent. I'd be loving. Maybe I'd try to speak to my child in Chinese, sing to them a lot, but I never really thought about what it meant to be the parent. Then in November of 2012, I met Lena face to face for the first time. I was sweaty with adrenaline when she was placed on top of me. Her eyes were wide open. Clocking in at just under seven pounds and only minutes old, Lena started scooting up toward my breasts. I supported her body as she pushed with all her might. Go, Lena, go! (laughs) My parents, my doula, John, all half-cheered her on, half-held their breath. None of us had ever seen anything like this before, except my doula, but... She'd only ever seen it in videos. With an amazing feat of strength, Lena hoisted her huge head toward my breast. She missed my nipple the first time, so I held it toward her, giving her space to try again. With just a few more tries, she did it! Her neck and back muscles flexing as she found my breast and latched with just a little help. In that moment, it hit me hard. Lena is a person, an individual with will, agency, instinct, and a voice. Wait, This is not a story about how everyone needs to breastfeed. I I don't believe that. It just happens that in our nursing relationship, I came to trust my child as a collaborator. I found that Lena was not the helpless newborn I'd heard she would be. I found that I understood her better than I expected to, and that while she could not speak with words yet, she had so much to say. Against the advice of some books and websites, I found myself nursing her when she wanted to be nursed, holding her when she wanted to be held. Once while I was pregnant with Jonah, our second child, I sat with an old friend on a playground watching our kids play. Lena toddled over and asked to nurse, so I lifted her onto my lap and she nursed over my very large belly. So you're gonna wean her soon, right? You can't nurse two babies at once. Honestly, she doesn't seem ready to stop, I said. My friend raised an eyebrow at me, I mean, You're the mom, aren't you? Who's in charge here? I eventually did nurse two babies at the same time. I did it until they told me they were ready to stop for far longer than I thought was possible. Through nursing, my kids taught me that my body is incredible. I have found that a lot of choices I've made as a mom get met with that question Who's in charge, particularly when I let my kids initiate things like when to wean or when to start using the toilet, or whether or not they'll eat what's on the table or say hello to someone. Truthfully, even when I'm not asked the question, I ask it of myself. Am I just some huge sucker who has no control over my kids? Have I been tricked into giving up control by listening to what they want and taking their opinions into consideration? Am I a bad parent? Because isn't parenting all about being in charge? Later on that same day, back in January, I sat in bed scrolling through my phone. Oh, the irony. (laughs) And a piece of paper slid under the door. I nudged John and tiptoed to retrieve it It was folded in half the hot dog way And written on the outside and black marker was Why I want a phone I unfolded the paper to reveal a bullet pointed list Written in bubbly half cursive It included things like I would text you if I needed something and you weren't there I would online shop at places like Claire's. (laughs) And finally, I would feel more grown up. John and I smiled at each other. That last one in particular got him the most. When I was a kid and I said I wanted to feel more grown up, I was met with responses like, why didn't you act more grown up then? Or, stop being in such a rush to grow up you're lucky to be a kid. John's parents would say, so you're going to start paying rent and the bills then, I guess. (laughs) I felt tempted to respond to Lena with one of these canned responses. But when I think about what Lena means when she says she wants to feel more grown up, I think it's that she wants a say, that she wants her voice to be heard. So maybe you're wondering what we decided. We did not have phones when we were her age, and we want to protect her from the big, scary internet, from predators on social media, from addiction to devices. So our parental instinct said no. But we decided to take a risk and trust Lena's intuition. So yes, by the end of March, we added another smartphone to the family plan. This is not a story about how everyone needs to get their kid a cell phone. (laughs) I don't believe that. But through parenting a child collaborator with a phone, John and I are constantly learning more about our relationships with each other and with our phones. Recently, after calling the family to dinner, I sat at my chair frantically trying to schedule one thing or another I felt a soft hand on my back and looked up to see Lena's face. Hey, mom, I know you're probably doing something important right now, but our agreement was that there are no phones at the dinner table. (laughs) And while I had a flash of wanting to lay some smack down about who was the parent, I had to smile and hand over my phone. what does it mean to be the parent? I didn't end up teaching the kids Chinese, but I do sing a lot. I find that I'm less interested in what I have to teach them and more in what we're all learning together. In our home, parents are in charge, but we don't control our kids. We control ourselves, make final decisions, shape the rules, create the structure. Our kids control themselves. They're empowered to speak up, to notice, to share, to dissent, to check and balance, and to hold us and each other accountable. It may be more time-consuming and taxing than older school ways of parenting, but I like being in charge this way. It looks a lot like the world I want to live in.
1: This story was curated by Amanda Delheimer and directed by Liz Rice. The Second Story podcast is produced by Max Spitz. Second Story is located in the traditional homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Odawa, Ojibwe, and Potawatomi Nations. Our programming is made possible by the Arts Work Fund, Walter Foundation, MacArthur Fund for Arts and Culture at the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, Paul M. Angel Family Foundation, Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, Illinois Arts Council Agency, the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, Innovation 80, the Lupo Family, Eric Rothstein and Gina Wamek, Athene Karras and Thomas Applegate, James Lupo, Jessica Wetmore, Hannah and George Stowe, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Max Spitz, and this This is the Second Second
0: Story Podcast.